Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Well, welcome back and so delighted. It's been too long to have with us today our good friend Mickey Addison. She is the co-founder of Straight Edge Ministries and the host of Cultural Proof Podcast. And uh, you can go to straightedgeministries.org and check that out. That's the website, straightedgeministries.org. And there's the picture of the landing page. Mickey, how are you? I don't have any audio on you. Just try that again. Hi, Perry. How are you? There you are. Great. Good. Fine. Good to see you. Well, congratulations. Tell us about your new organization. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So my husband and I are the co-founders of Culture Proof, and really it's our response to what we see destroying the family, destroying the church, and it's really what has become culturally normative today. And so we really feel like the Lord has called us to be unapologetic in resisting the culture. And what we have found is that far too many families and far too many churches are just kind of bullied into silence. You know, we are told that um, if we're Christians, we have a certain amount of privilege. And instead of saying, Yes, we do. We say, no, we don't. Don't accuse us of having privilege, you know. And so what we want to do, my husband, Will the Great, and I, is we want to show up at that intersection of culture and faith, and we want to proclaim the Word of God loudly. And so we're doing this um, along with our six children as we faithfully disciple them. We believe that we've lost generations of the church, and um, as we near the return of the Lord, we can't afford to lose any more precious children. And so we've really undertaken this um, this initiative to bring greater awareness and conviction of the holiness of God, that He's worthy, that we would be ostracized in culture. He's worthy that, you know, we would be among those for whom it was said, the Christians to the lions. And Mm -hmm. so what we want to do is we want to provoke that kind of boldness in our brothers and sisters, uh, not only in this country, but around the world, but in particular in America. So Perry, we see ourselves as missionaries to this country. That's amazing. How can people help you and support you and be a part of what you do? Oh, thank you so much for that question. Um, so if our, if your listeners, if your viewers would go to cultureproof.net, they will learn about our initiatives. They'll learn about the work that we're doing. They'll be able to listen to the podcast. And we are a nonprofit um, ministry organization. They want to donate to that work. Um, they can do that when they go to cultureproof.net. They can also read the blogs that we are writing. What we're trying to do is we're trying to look at what's happening in culture in real time, Perry, and we're saying God has something to say about this. And we can use these cultural norms and respond with the straight edge of Scripture. And what we're trying to do is empower Christians and Christian parents and grandparents to culture-proof their kids. So so one of the things that we say about our ministry is that it's both a verb and a noun. It is something that you do. You want to make kids impervious to this culture. You yourself, you want to be impervious to this culture, um, but then you also want to pass that on to the next generation. So it is who you are. We say that we are culture-proof. We want to be in this world, but we don't want the world getting into us. Uh, James 127b describes this as being unstained 
by the world. And so then also it's something that we do. We want to pass this on to the next generation. We're going to be at this for a long time, Perry. Our kids range in ages 17 down to three. And we believe that God has done that on purpose, that we would be actively engaging, not theoretically, not, you know, based on what we think might be good to do, but in practice, this is what we are actively doing to equip our kids in real time to live in this world. You know, um, there's a real parallel here. I had uh, Dr. George Barna on the other day talking about his concerns, this very thing, and raising, you know, spiritual warriors uh, or champions. And he's talking about parents getting in kids' lives with yes. um, the Christian uh, defense, I guess we could say. Uh, and I, th I think you talked to him too, didn't you? We did. He's a friend of ours, and we interviewed him just recently, had him on for a live event. And it's amazing what the Lord has allowed um, Dr. Barna to do, Perry. I mean, and I think you know this. I feel comfortable to say this to you. There is a difference when a person is evidently acquainted with the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. And Dr. Barna is. You can tell that God has really enabled him to peer into the culture and not just collect data. But to take that data and say, here's how we have failed. Here's how we have dishonored God. Here's how we have not stewarded well the children that he's entrusted to us. And I got to tell you, after talking to him and reading his book, Raising Spiritual Champions, one of the things that really troubles me is the condition of the church. When Dr. Barna said to us that one of the most dangerous places for parents to bring their children is to the local church, that should cause all of us to stop dead in our tracks and ask the question, what is being taught to our precious children and how can we stand between them and the deceptions that are prevalent or pervasive in Christian churches today? Um, I just had, uh, had, he was in town. I had the chance to talk to him, introduce him, and then I interviewed him. And that is Eric Metaxas as it relates mm -hmm. to his book, Letters to the American Church. And he's talking exactly what you're talking about here. Uh, and I'm wondering if we see it. Uh, we are accepting by non-active, by mm -hmm. non-activity, what God clearly condemns. We, we are allowing this to happen. It's condemned in scripture and we don't want to get involved. And what's at stake is our children. What do we do, Mickey? Well, we need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit for boldness. Perry, if I, if I could just say um, carefully, um, but with great certainty, a lot of Christians in positions of leadership, which by the way, leadership is a gift that we are to steward. So we've got a lot of Christians in positions of leadership. We've got a lot of parents, which that's a leadership position who, and I, I wanna say this carefully, they're cowards. They will not tell the truth about what God's word says. And so the way that we get in the place that we are in right now is because of the fear of man. So parents, parent from a place of weakness, church leaders lead from a place of weakness, fear of man. How do I preach what people want to hear versus what is the conviction that we draw out from scripture? And unfortunately, the Bible tells us that also those who hear the deceptive teaching are also culpable because they have itching ears, they want to hear it. And so what we really have is we have a crisis of boldness. Look, we, we come from um, a heritage and a legacy of Christians who would rather die for the name of Christ than profane it. And we live in a culture now who if you are found profaning the name of Christ, you can say that you're just being relevant. 
you can say that you're just reaching people. And the question has got to be on the part of believers, reaching them with what? Gaining them, winning them to what? To a lie, to deception. That is not a win. That is a deception. And it is something that the church, we collectively have got to call out, not from our own opinion, like not because of what we think makes us uncomfortable, or I just don't like that, but from the authoritative word of God. And that's what we try to do at Culture Proof. We try to equip families to stand flat-footed on the word of God. One of the things I say all the time is that if you are too afraid if you are not bold enough to stand with your broad shoulders flat-footed on the Word of God, then go ahead and cower behind it. But by all means, refer to it and know that God meant what He wrote, what He entrusted to us. This is God-breathed, and it is perfect. It is without error. And we're not passing that on to our children, not only because we're not teaching it, but we're not passing it on because we're not living it. All right. To that point, Mickey, um, I know parents are waking up and they're saying, man, what, what, my kids are lost in this maze of mess and I want to rescue them, but I myself really haven't lived my convictions at this point. Um, have we lost the meaning and maybe even the fear of what it is as it relates to holiness? Oh, yes, absolutely. We have lost the fear of God. We have turned the right fear of God into something that is akin to when a principal walks into a classroom, then all of the kids want to straighten up. You know, it's sort of like, you know, God is God. We, we want to just respect him. Right. But we don't need to have a right fear. Um, where do we see that in scripture? Even our Lord said that we shouldn't fear those who can kill the body. And then after that, you know, it's, it's, it's over, but fear the one who can kill the body. And then after that, throw the soul into hell. God is right that he is holy, he is just, he has presented himself as he is. And so our reasonable response is to say yes and amen. What parents have got to do is, first of all, parents have got to return to this biblical conviction that God is holy. Jesus is not our homeboy. You know, we've got a lot of um, moves to represent Jesus to the culture in an attempt to be, as my husband's been talking about lately, we want to be winsome, winsome. Well, when did winning souls become um, the absence of truth? Like, what are we being winsome toward? And so parents have got to return to this conviction, and then we've got to bring our children with us. And I hate to say this, but here's the other reality. We cannot rely on the church to do this apart from our involvement. We are the church. So that means that we as parents have got to step up and disciple our children. We've got to do that with braveness. Uh, wow. Okay, so parents wake up and they realize you can't give out of an empty bucket. If it's not yes. in the parents' bucket, they can't give anything out of it. Uh, but they are starting to move with conviction that maybe they have allowed their own spirituality to slip. Uh, Joshua deals with this. He was right in the middle of it, and everybody was yelling at the crowd, go this way, go that way. And he goes, wait a minute. <laughs> Choose this day whom you're going to serve. Not tomorrow, and not think about it, and then I'll give it an exam in a week from now. He said, Choose this day whom you're going to serve. And then it goes on to say, as you well know, as for me and my house, we're going to serve with the Lord. So it appears to me that parents are at a crossroads that they themselves are going to have to make a decision whom they are going to serve because the ones that they're serving now is the same one that their kids will serve. Oh, 
Oh, yes, absolutely. And and notice that it begins with the personal reference as for me and my house. So first me, Joshua, me, the parent, me, Miki Addison, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The component that's been missing, and Perry, I think this is what you're driving at, is that it hasn't been the as for me. Parents have had this position of like, oh, I want my house to serve the Lord. Okay, well, you need to serve the Lord. Like, you need to love the Lord. You need to live this radical life that will not make us popular. I'm sorry, but to have people running around identifying themselves as Swifties and trying to find parallels between Taylor Swift and the Holy Word of God, when you've got churches punting Bibles and calling that a Sunday service, we're in trouble, Perry. So first of all, what needs to happen, it's the warning on any airplane ride. First of all, if you lose cabin pressure, secure your mask first. Then you reach over and you secure the mask of the person closest to you. And the familial illustration, this is going to be the father leading homes. This is going to be the wife given to the husband as a helper and them together making sure to secure the mask, talking about the proliferation of the gospel, secure the mask of their children. We have one faith, one faith that has been delivered once and for all. Let me take a quick break. Let me say to our viewers and listeners, um, I would really encourage you to prayerfully consider stepping up and supporting uh, Mickey and her husband in their new adventure. StraightEdgeMinistries.org or you can go to CulturalProof.net. Probably CulturalProof.net is the best one to go to. Support them. Be a part of what they're doing and then check out the podcast. We'll be right back. We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. So delighted and honored to have with us uh, Mickey Addison. She and her husband have founded the Straight Edge Ministries and also the host of the Cultural Proof Podcast. And you can go to straightedgeministries.org or culturalproof.net. There's the picture of the landing page. And you can tell by talking to her what God has called them to do. And may I encourage you to prayerfully consider supporting them and letting them get this message out to as many people as they can go to uh, culturalproof.net. Mickey, uh, during the break, I was trying to figure out how I was going to ask you this question, so bear with me. It appears what we're dealing with today in our culture is not only evil, uh, but it's just downright anti-God. And um, you can take the life issue, abortion, against God. LBGDQ, against God's creation. Transgenderism, against God's creation, um, men and women's sports. I mean, you can go on down the list. I'm wondering if these are people in the rail cars going to the death camps at night and we have a deaf ear to it. Your thoughts? 
Yeah. Oh, man, that is that is so jolting. It is so chilling. Um, but that's precisely the position that we find ourselves in today. We are a part of the uh, the group of, of believers who, you know, unfortunately just chose to sing just a little bit louder to mm-hmm. not hear the cries of those who are on their way to destruction. But we are unique in that we have found a way to make ourselves a little more pious as we ignore the loss. We are unlike previous generations of Christians and that we are celebrated. Like we, we don't even have the sense of self-awareness to look at where we are now and to recognize that we will not be celebrated, um, even in history, but certainly not in church history. We will not be celebrated as a nation that allowed for death by mail or death by logging on. Just recently, my husband and I were alerting parents to the fact that there are things like sanctioned suicide websites that now what we have found based on research, based on investigation, that you've got teenagers, young people between the ages of 16 and 24 who are logging on to websites and are learning ways to take their life. And they're doing that through social media. And we are asking parents to be involved, to care about what's going on with your children. Because in your illustration here, Perry, literally what we have is we have our kids being carted off to their own destruction when they can log on and learn how to take their lives. And they're doing it. They're actually doing it when they can be confused over their sexual identity and be celebrated. And we refuse to say anything. We even say that we want to practice pronoun hospitality, that we want to use people's personal pronouns, or we want to encourage them to do those things that God says, condemn them to destruction. These are the things you read Romans chapter one, Perry, and God makes his case against humanity. And there is not a stone that goes unturned. Not only does God make his case against all of the things that we do, and he's rightfully angry. The wrath of God has appeared to all men and it's the right wrath of God. But God doesn't stop at the things that we are doing. The Bible says in Romans chapter one, verse 32, that not only do we do these things, but we give hearty approval of those who practice them. That's why through our ministry, we encourage parents and grandparents do not give in to using the personal pronouns. We say, do not attend the weddings. We say, do not affirm, because if you really believe what you are saying, then to do something different is to condemn them to death, knowing that this is what God's word has said. So yes, in a a very real sense, we are watching the train cars go by, we are listening to the cries, and then we are doing something different and God will judge us for this. He will judge us for this. If I understand it correctly, looking back in history, only America and the American church was entrusted with the banner of Liberty. No other country. And it doesn't seem that we mourn what Liberty really is. What happened? Yeah, I think we don't understand it. We don't understand what freedom is. One of the things that we try to teach and we try to train uh, through our ministry is that freedom is not freedom for, it's freedom unto. If you go back to a biblical definition of freedom, when the great I am sent Moses to Pharaoh and said, let my people go, he didn't just say, let my people go so that they could be free. See, in this country, we actually have worshiped freedom, but freedom is not a thing in and of itself. It is always directly connected to the one 
one who makes us free. When God sent Moses to Pharaoh, he said, let my people go that they may worship me. So America's freedom was entrusted to her for the express purpose of worshiping God. And when we rejected him, when we turned from him and we made freedom the thing, we made freedom the idol, God judged us. And so now, not only do we have a lack of understanding of what our actual freedoms are, but the ones that we have enjoyed, we are losing. And why? Because God is desiring to get our attention. He desires to wake us up and say, hey, this freedom was unto me. It is not just a free country. It is a free country unto me for my use to advance my kingdom, to make my name great. And America missed that along the way. And now we are facing that judgment. So can we have courage without conviction? I don't see how. Okay, because, because the reason I ask that question is we have a lot of people that want to stand up and yell and scream. And I get it. And they, they seem to be upset for the moment. Okay, here's the problem. Uh, I wonder if they're convicted in their soul to clean up their own their own life. I mean, we're in a we're in Lent season right now. Forty days of really thinking about what the cross is all about, which should put us on our face before God, even for the small sins. But we don't only think, well, those are small. Why bother? Which is interesting. Can I just say, so I'm originally from New Orleans, and so Lent is a big deal in, in our town. Um, also, the celebration of Mardi Gras. And I recently had a discussion about this with our kids. We were talking about the reality that you've got a season of Lent, 40 days of fasting, and that's you know from Wednesday until Easter Sunday. Um, but on Tuesday, it's called Fat Tuesday in New Orleans. And so what that means is that you have one last day of decadence, where you just do whatever you want, and then tomorrow we will mourn. I want to tell you, Perry, that that is a picture of where our country is. We will just do whatever we want. And then, you know, if things get really tough, then, then we'll mourn. But it's always tomorrow we will mourn. But the Bible says, Scripture says to us very plainly that when you hear his voice today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts like they did in the rebellion. But I think that this is a picture of where we live. There's not conviction in the hearts of many people who are professing believers. We have a selective outrage but it's not an outrage that produces holiness. Only the right conviction and the right fear of God produces holy living mm. in the life of the believer. I often ask the question um, throughout the week, do you know what you believe? Do you know why you believe it? And can you gracefully defend it? Yes. <laughs> Amen. You know, um, so let me ask you this, Nikki. Um, is it too late? I don't think it's too late because as you and I sit and talk, Perry, it's still today. It's still today. And we serve a merciful and a gracious God. Now, if we are asking the question, and I don't think this is what you're asking, but people have wondered this. And so I, I want to address it. If we are asking the question, you know, will we ever get back to Mayberry? Yeah, it's too late for that. We we <laughs> we live in Babylon. Right. And uh, that's that's kind of what we've got to address. But it's not too late for the Lord to turn the hearts of fathers and sons and wives and daughters back to him. And it's going to begin one household at a time. And that's really our mission to turn families inside their homes because these families make up churches and the church is set here as a beacon, as light and to be salt in the earth. And so when we start to turn families back, then churches will turn and then churches will actually do what God installed us to do. And that is to be salt and light in a dark world. Are we willing to die for it? No, no, we don't. We don't know what that means. We say we're willing to die, 
but then someone unfriends us on Facebook and we need counseling. So thinking about dying for the faith is something totally different and we're not there yet. We've got, Jesus has to be precious to us before we will be willing to die for him. And until he is precious to us, we'll be content to say that I'll die for the Lord. Um, but no, we're not actually, actually willing. You remember Peter said, Hey, I'm willing to die for you. And Jesus was like, well, actually you're going to deny me. So I think we need to have that kind of a wake up call. I would say, no, we're not willing. So we are preaching uh, the imminent return of the Lord. <clears throat> we are preaching <clears throat> these are the last days and Matthew 24 and Ezekiel and Revelation. All these things are walking across the mainstream media these days. If that is true, then why aren't we full throttle evangelism? <laughs> well, I, I don't know, but what I can tell you is that's why we started Culture Proof. Because it's time, because we, we have got to focus on the souls of men. You are absolutely right. And we feel like our country has been um, instrumental in exporting the gospel. We have sent missionaries all around the world, and we've done an incredible job. But our country needs missionaries. Like, we're not okay. And so you're absolutely right. We need to focus on evangelism. We need to focus on discipleship and equipping families. Um, it's time, Perry. It's absolutely time. So have you put together curriculum, you and your hubby and your family, you put together how do you? How are you doing this? So we've got a conference this year. Um, we, it's the Culture Proof Conference. We've been doing family conferences since 2018. Last year, we had 1,300 attendees, and we had about 500 kids. What we do that is different is we practically equip families to start in their own homes. So our conferences are not just babysitting for kids, and it's not giving the best speakers to adults. What we actively do is we take the best speakers and the best teachers, and we take three days and we set them in front of parents and kids together and individually to make sure that we're covering all of our bases and equipping them. We're also writing on what's happening in the culture, and we host a daily podcast where we're talking about what's happening in the culture, not just saying, this is bad, this is bad, but what we are trying to do is make the connection between why it rivals scripture. So what we say is that when you resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, then you remain culture proof. But people can't resist those cultural trends if they don't understand exactly how this is going against the truth of God's word. So what we do is we try to make that clear connection. All right. Culturalproof.net is the website. That's also the name of the podcast with uh, Mickey and her hubby. You may want to check that out. Learn about it. Uh, prayerfully consider supporting them. Um, I think they're spot on on what they're doing. I want to say, Mickey, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's thank stay, you, Perry. It's great to be with you. Let's stay connected and um, do what we can to help you. Maybe you can bring your conference out west someday soon. How's that? We would love it. Okay, good to see you. Um, and your little guy that wants to go fishing, he can still come go fishing here. Okay, yes. <laughs> we'll see you later. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.